One of the things I took away from Joyce's funeral was that she was a gift giver. Gift giving for some people comes very naturally. Joyce's gift giving persona seems to have been not just motivated by a natural ability, but also her understanding of Christ's message. I was impressed with her life as I heard it in the kind words said at her funeral. The lesson today is called accepting the gift. The real gift, second point, she said yes. Third point, he said no. So the first point, the real gift. The real gift is the gospel of Christ. Supportive assistance is extremely important in any work. But when supportive workers become sour in attitude and focus and commitment in vision, they can be a detriment to the overall mission. Among the supportive group for Barnabas and Paul's first missionary journey was John, who is also called Mark. He was a good and resourceful worker. However, Paul was not happy with his stick-to-itiveness, as we see in Acts chapter 13, verse 13. Who knows for sure why John called Mark left the mission trip? But he was eager to go on Paul and Barnabas' second missionary journey. It's not like he changed his mind. But Paul didn't want to bring him along. So Paul and Barnabas separated, and Barnabas took John, called Mark, back to Cyprus. And Paul went in a different direction. In what way did they separate? Well, physically they separated. Barnabas and John, called Mark, went back to Cyprus, Acts 15, 39, and Paul started revisiting the Galatian province of the Roman Empire where he had already been a few times back in the first missionary journey. But what about spiritually? Well, I'll talk about that soon. Timothy was another promising supportive worker in the gospel of Christ. Acts chapter 16, 1 through 5. Paul, on his second journey, heard about the discipleship of this young man when he was in Galatia. Seems that Timothy was already a strong Christian. The Christian brethren spoke highly of Timothy, and Paul wanted him to join in this effort to spread the gospel of Christ. I'll just reiterate something I said a few classes ago, sermons ago. I'll try not to make this dull, but I find it very interesting, so I'm going to try to bring it out as interesting and hope you see the points that are important. You see, Timothy was circumcised by Paul. His dad was a Greek, and his mom was a Jew, Acts 16.3. Timothy, by definition, was not a faithful Jew because he wasn't circumcised. But he was educated in the scriptures by his mom and grandmother, 2 Timothy 1.5. 
So Paul circumcised him as an evangelistic tool to possible Jewish converts. But it wasn't long before, in Acts chapter 15, as we look back in chapters, Paul, Barnabas, Peter, the other apostles, and James reaffirmed that circumcision and the law of Moses was not part of Christ's covenant. Acts 15, 1 through 21. But Timothy was not circumcised for that reason, was he? The idea for salvation. He was circumcised to spread the gospel to hopeful Jewish converts. In this second mission of Paul, churches in Galatia were strengthened. And those things reaffirmed among believers were that circumcision and the dietary law of Moses were not part of the covenant of Christ. Also, what Paul brought with him was a letter. Christian lifestyles should not join with pagan worship either. Acts chapter 15, 22 through 29. You see, Paul and Barnabas separated in mission journeys. But what do we know for sure? They taught the same gospel. They taught the same message of the saving gospel of the Lord's church. The same teaching the original 12 apostles were teaching. How do I know this? Well, have you ever witnessed Paul in Scripture be timid about his, the truth preached? He would call, other out, call others out when they weren't living according to the standards of the gospel of Christ. We see that in the later to, letter to the Galatians. So though Paul and Barnabas split physically, going in two different missionary journeys, they were united in truth. They never taught a different gospel, nor a different church. What was taught was the gospel of Christ received by the Holy Spirit. This is the real gift, and it comes from God. The second point, she said yes. Before marriage, have you ever characterized seeking a spouse as a journey? The journey may include becoming a skilled provider. I must get a skill, I must be able to provide before I seek a wife. Maybe it's keeping yourself sexually pure. Finding the right person after a lost love. Well, there's a journey for you. Maybe the words, I didn't know I would find him or her in that place. All in all, there is a journey in life before finding your spouse. Likewise, reaching the lost can be a journey as well. In fact, Paul's journey not only led him to great joy, but also very hard times. His journey led him to say these words much later in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 6 to 8. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is near or has come. I have fought the good fight. 
I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day. And not only to me, but also to those who have loved his appearing. This makes me think about how important Lee's message was at the funeral, talking about the journey of faith and that life on this earth is not forever. So look toward the one who gives real life. So we see in chapter 16, Paul met a lady, and her name was Lydia. Did Paul know he was going to meet Lydia before going to Philippi and Macedonia? No. All he knew was what the Holy Spirit told him in Acts 16, 6 through 11. First, don't go to the Roman province of Asia that's in the Roman Empire. And second, later, he was finally directed to go to Macedonia. So he ventured to Philippi. Did you know up until eight years ago, I never wanted to live in a town called Flagler? Though there are many opportunities to preach in this world, many, God chooses the one you should go to at the time you should go. You have already agreed, at least if you're missionary-minded in that way, to take that opportunity, at least in principle, to go where you are sent. God send me, right? Is a powerful prayer. And this, if considered with the right mind, is also a gift from God to be accepted. You see, Paul accepted his guidance from the Holy Spirit. And he met specifically a convert to Judaism by the name of Lydia. Acts chapter 16, 14 through 15. One who heard us was a woman named Lydia. From the city of Thyatira, a seller of purple goods, who was a worshiper of God, the Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said by Paul. And after this, she was baptized in her household as well. She urged us, saying, If you have judged me worthy, or me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. And she prevailed on us. In this region of Macedonia, there was not a great Jewish presence. This is understood because Paul went to a traditional place for smaller Jewish groups. The text says a place of prayer by the river, Acts 16, 13 and verse 16. Here, Paul met a Gentile convert to Judaism named Lydia. Lydia was not from Philippi. She had a house there. She was not from there. Guess where she was from? The text says Thyatira. Do you know where that was? It's in the Roman province of Asia where Paul was not told to go. Or was told not to go, I should say. 
I think that's interesting. I just think that shows how God works. She was a seller of purple, a very expensive product and laborious color to make. She was in Philippi, likely doing business at her other house. But more importantly, this is what I like about Lydia. She listened to the word preached. She said yes. She said yes. The third point is he said no. As a man, if you got to the point of asking a woman's hand in marriage, this is very exciting. You'll look forward to that pretty soon, I'm sure, Lewis. <clears throat> I imagine a marriage proposal becomes expected for most people the longer you date. It's a discussion brought up. It's a part of the discussion, part of that dating conversation. However, some will ask prematurely before the subject is broken amongst the two. And the answer is what? No. Oh boy. I tell you, that can be quite devastating. I'm sure that those who got this no can attest to that. But sometimes this no is important. There may be personal reasons someone would say no. There may be concern about the man's spiritual life. Or the young lady is not ready to settle down. Oh, marriage? Settle down? What? Of course, that ever concern, I don't think my family will like you. You see, Paul said no. In this case, he did not say no to a marriage proposal. He said no to an evil spirit. Acts chapter 16, verses 16 through 18. As we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit of divination and brought her owners much gain by fortune telling. She followed Paul and us, crying out, These men are servants of the Lord, our most high God, who proclaim to you the way of salvation. And this she kept doing for many days. Paul, having become greatly annoyed, turned and said to the woman, or the spirit, I should say, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out that very hour. What was Paul saying no to? Well, the truth is, was it the truth in the statement that the Spirit made? They are servants of the Most High God. Well, it's not a false statement. So that wasn't it. But he was upset because people might be confused at mixed messages. What is a mixed message? To hear the truth from a non-approved proclaimer. I'm not saying you have to go to preacher school, this school, that school, to be able to proclaim the gospel. But an evil spirit? Come on. For example, in Corinth, 
The believers developed an issue surrounding eating meat, right? 1 Corinthians 8. Now, Paul did not compare... Paul did not declare that being a vegan was Christian. Not at all. He said, eat meat. That's fine. Your choice. But some of the meat at the butcher's shop was from pagan sacrifices. We learn eating meat offered to idols does not equal worshiping those pagan gods. It does not. Yet there were those who struggled, thinking by eating this meat, then they are also worshiping the pagan gods at the same time or acknowledging them. So Paul says, eating this meat about around these weaker brothers creates a stumbling. It creates a mixed message. It was a stumbling block because of syncretism. And what is syncretism? Syncretism is the amalgamation bringing in or attempted amalgamation of different religions, cultures, or schools of thought. If this amalgamation is not God-approved, then there is a problem. And I think Paul was like, hold on there, spirit. Yeah, you said the right things, but what's the mixed messages here to the people? The woman with the spirit of divination was not a gift, even though she was stating the truth. Because it would confuse people on where the truth comes from. Does it come from the Holy Spirit? Or does it come from an evil spirit? How quickly could Satan use that confusion against people? Well, that spirit of divination said this. Well, we all know what Satan's going to do after he tells the truth, right? He's going to make it so we don't hear all the truth later. If we start following that path, you see where we're going? So Paul got rid of the possible confusion. Acts chapter 16, verse 18. And this she kept doing for many days. Paul, having become greatly annoyed, turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out that very hour. In conclusion, accepting the gift. The real gift is not Paul And it's not any one person besides Christ. It is preaching of the gospel of Christ that comes by the Holy Spirit. It is understanding the truth to be able to declare the truth. Second point, she said yes. When someone has an open heart, to hear the truth and accept it, that is a heart that accepts the real gift. They accept the real gift of truth. And third, he said no. But we must not allow society 
to bring mixed messages. Where some people might believe error even when they hear truthful things. Oh, the town does great work helping people who need food. Well, God wants us to help people too, right? That's the truth. But if it's managed by people who have no idea or desire to follow the truth, what's the mixed message? We need to people be a people who understand that the truth must be made clear. It must be made clear. The lesson is yours. If anybody here this morning has any concerns, thoughts, prayer requests, or otherwise, please come forward now as together we stand and sing.